If you have your Bibles, please open up with me one holy place of Scripture, and this is the book of Genesis, verses 3, 14, chapter 3, verse 14, 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The sermon that I would like to speak about today is called The Mystery of the Crushing Power of God Contained in the Seed of the Woman. In the given place of Scripture, it's referring to a format of such a nature of seed that is the Word of God that comes out of the mouth of God that is incarnated in Jesus Christ in the virgin womb of the mother, Mary, that struck the ancient serpent in the head upon the Golgotha cross. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Luke 1, 35-38. In other words, the seed of the woman that contains the program of the crushing power of God is able to be received in no other way but in a virgin heart that is not damaged by sin. At the same time, to be able to reveal or demonstrate within yourself the crushing power of God and the seed of the woman in the redeemed heart of a person is possible by the death of the seed in order to reveal that itself in the fruits of righteousness. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through their own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Luke 2, 33 through 35. We, according to the places of Scripture we read, we are studying the crushing uh, power of the Word of God that has been put into the seed of the woman. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. John 12, 23-24. Here it's talking about uh, being able to bring out this crushing power contained in the seed. When we hear the word of God, the seed of the word of God, and we receive it, then that program, the power that's in the seed, in order for it to be shown or revealed uh, outwardly, the seed needs to die. 
And so the next element that identifies the natural essence of the seed of the woman addressed to the redeemed person by the preached word of the truth and whose heart has maturity and the ability and simultaneously it needs to be virgin to be able to receive the seed of the word by hearing it with your heart. The maturity of your heart is the ability to be to conceive the seed or to conceive and receive the seed. This identifies a humble and contrite heart, a person hearing the words from the person who is cloaked into a father of God who carries the seed of truth and the and this is the identification of the elementary teaching of Christ. The preached word that does not contain in itself the structure of theocracy is not able to be the seed of the woman called to strike the head of the old man that lives within us, or old person. We have a little sister, and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement of silver, and if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I am a wall. Another woman speaks here. Her sister speaks. I am a wall, one who is according to the perfection that is being sought after. I am a wall, and my breasts like towers. Then I became in his eyes as one who found peace. Songs of Solomon 8, 8 through 10. We more than once have talked about this place of scripture that reveals the crushing power of God contained in the seed. And in order to receive this seed, the womb of a person needs to be virgin. A person needs to possess the function of a woman, and the womb needs to be virgin. As a woman, uh, it needs to be virgin. And in this way, we begin to understand what will happen. Only such a womb is able to receive the seed of the word. And I will make enmity against you and the woman and again among, uh, between your seed and her seed. What is the seed of the woman? There's a paradox, as they say. How is it that a woman can have seed? She can have the ovary able to receive the seed, but here a woman has the ovary, also has, she has the egg and the seed. And so Mary says, I am a servant of yours, maybe according to your word. She in this situation is behaving or fulfilling the role of the man, uh, proclaiming the word, the fact that she proclaimed it, it then she was conceived at that moment. She was able to conceive and receive the seed. None of us is able to receive into us, not Jesus Christ, not the Holy Spirit, although we are born from God, we are born from God, this is a guarantee. And now, we, being born like Adam, we are given the option to receive the and eat of the fruits of the uh, fruits of life or tree of the knowledge of good and evil unfortunately christianity is going in the wrong direction they're convinced that when they're born from the seed of the word of truth that they've received into themselves christ and christ already lives in their heart 
What actually is occurring is that they're in a neutral position. They have not yet received anything. They are created by God and put before two options, either to receive the seed of the woman or seed of the serpent. This is the paradox. This is not being explained to, to the people, and they are being convinced, and this conviction is false. People do not want to become perfect to receive Christ. They don't want to fulfill any conditions in order to receive the seed of the woman because they think that they already received it, that being born from the seed of the word of truth, they already received Christ. Many denominations say that they received already Christ and the Holy Spirit at once, and they have no necessity or need to receive another Holy Spirit or speak in tongues they don't understand. They are assured that they have both Christ and the Holy Spirit, and they don't need to do anything to receive Christ and don't need to do anything to receive the Holy Spirit. Here it says about striking the serpent in the head. The serpent that lives within our body is our old person. And in order to strike him in the head, it is necessary to receive the seed of the woman. This is this, the seed of the woman needs to, we need to receive it, and then we need to grow into the seed of righteousness fruits of righteousness, so we could strike the ancient serpent in the head called devil and Satan. And for this, you need to be perfect. To receive the seed, you need to be perfect. Here we read, I am a wall and my breasts like towers. Then I will become in his eyes as one who has found peace or uh, the two breasts is talking about the urim and the thummim in the heart of a man. The symbol of the imprinted teaching, the elementary teaching that has the surprising name Thummim and the symbol of the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth in the heart, that in Scripture is the Urim, light and perfection. He reveals this truth in the heart. But for this, it is necessary to leave spiritual infancy. The sister that was young, there was not, you can't build anything on her. You can't build her into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. If she would have been a wall, it says, we know what a wall is. A wall is a symbol of perfection. A wall is when a person becomes a median or intercessor. I was seeking a person who would build the wall and stand within the breach. We need to stand within the breach for ourselves, first of all. We don't need to stand in the breach for someone else or something else and run to other countries to save someone if we haven't saved ourselves. We have a breach, and this breach is the old person that lives within our body that is being supported by organized powers of darkness. This is a terrible breach. The devil has access and lives within the within the person, his old as the old person. This is a programmable system of Satan that is passed on to us from the seed of our fathers. But a person does not see this and is running to save someone else somewhere, uh, forgetting that he has this breach and he needs to be this wall. 
and the tower upon which he can hear the voice of God and God can hear his voice. God does not hear the voice of a person that is of the flesh or one that is an infant still, a child in Christ. He, res he can respond uh, he can respond to this person uh, as he does with general people at times, but he can't speak with this person or communicate with this person as a priest or a king. People say, God responds to my prayers. Yes, he responds, but you're not a me uh, legitimate median. You're not a king, a priest, or a prophet, but you're called to be a king, a priest, and a prophet. But you'll say, how long will it take to, be, to, to uh, become this? How long did it take? Uh, this young girl was, what, 14, 16 years old? Not more than that. How, from where did she have this knowledge? From where did she... How was she able to live with herself and her nature to humble herself before the Word of God? She had, of course, a benefit. She was born in the house uh, uh, from the line of Aaron, the priest. If Joseph was... If Joseph was born from a different line, uh, Mary was born from the line of Aaron. They weren't only required to study the law, but also what it means. And she understood those things. And there she already began to battle with herself and humbled her heart. And because of that, she found favor. God gives grace to the humble. You have obtained uh, favor in the Lord's eyes. Many young women in Israel desired this. You know, all of them were uh, taught. They all knew that the Messiah was supposed to be, was supposed to come and that he will be, uh, a woman will conceive and bear a son and they'll name him God is with us. And the prophet spoke about these things and every young woman wanted this and he came to this virgin Mary. The next element identifying the na nature of the seed of the woman. Here we're talking about the nature of the seed of the woman because this is uh, in the heart of a redeemed person that contains in itself the program of the kingdom of heaven, which reveals itself within the order of God's structure, the uh, structure theocracy. In the seed of the woman, there is God's structure of theocracy, the order of the kingdom of heaven. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, 20 through 21. The seed of the woman needed to bring forth the kingdom of heaven. The seed by itself is not yet the kingdom. This is just a seed of the kingdom. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. This is the seed. The word gospel is kingdom. The first uh, word for gospel uh, came from the Roman Empire. He took this from there. Jesus took this from there because the emperors began to call themselves the gospel. The gospel is the reigning word. 
And so the son that was uh, son that was born from the emperors were called gospel, and all of them called themselves that. And Jesus took from there this. The world in some way always comes to this, takes something and applies it to itself. The entire uh, world structure is based upon God's structure of theocracy, although they bring in their uh, uh, democratic uh, structure or form of understanding, but it's not based on that. The democratic system would destroy everything. The world is based upon theocracy when the order of the, there's an order of theocracy. But in the church, it's the authority of God. There is the authority of man. But behind this authority, God stands. There's no authority that's not placed by God. All armies, all, uh, all courts uh, work according to God's structure, and we can't deny that. Here it's talking about the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God that within the heart of a person begins to uh, grow when the seed dies and grows. In the seed there's a program of the kingdom, but for this kingdom to reveal itself, show itself, outwardly grow, it needs to, the seed needs to die. As we will see further, this seed, God calls us ourselves. This is not separately that the seed can die uh, in us and we're not part of that. As soon as the seed of the woman falls into us, we are called the seed of God. We ourselves together are called the seed of God after we receive the kingdom of heaven. Not when we are born from the seed of the word, but when we receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven. And so the next element identifying the nature of the seed of the woman in the heart of a redeemed person reveals itself in all precious promises that are contained in the unsearchable inheritance of Christ that is called to strike reigning sin within the body of man in the form of the husband. Therefore, the seed of the woman that contains the nature of God and his crushing power over the ancient serpent and his seed is the heart of a redeemed person. Not all are children because they are the seed of Abraham, but in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. The children of promise, Romans 9, 7, 8, 9. People who have in themselves the precious promises about the redemption of their body, about the adoption of their body, only they are called the seed until a person receives the seed of the woman, this re the redemption of his body here on earth, he will not be considered God's seed. And so the seed of the woman is not just the precious promises of God, not just the word of God that comes out of the mouth of God, spoken by God's delegated ones, but also a person himself that acknowledges, receives this word. When Mary said, your servant, I'm your servant, may be according to your word, she herself became that seed. 
because she uh, was she she conceived in that moment. No one can conceive them uh, if they if you, uh, uh, do this for you. You have to do this yourself. But in order for this to happen, it is necessary for our inner state or uh, essence. It needs to be prepared uh, until a person or before God created a person. He created the earth. He put it in order, and then he created the man. He did not create the man and then wait. Well, where are we going to put him? What are we going to do with him? Let us create now earth for him. No. God first created the heaven and earth and all the hosts, all the heavenly hosts, also, and he created then the man. And it's the same thing here until within us all of the atmosphere is uh, prepared for the receiving of the seed of the woman. It won't happen. As Adam and Eden, he was in a neutral position. He did not have a spiritual life. He was a person that was a carnal person, and he was offered the life of God in the tree of, of life in order to become a spiritual person and so that his carnal body would be transformed into a heavenly body. If Adam at that time would have eaten of the tree of life, his body would no longer have, no longer have been carnal or mortal. It would have become heavenly, transformed, there is a glory of the heavens, glory of the earth. There would have been a heavenly body. And as we read Romans 9, 7, 8, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham, but only the children of the promise are counted as the seed, those who have received the adoption of their body by the redemption of Christ. This truth, we need to keep in mind as in any physical seed, there is a program of the future uh, fruit. In the seed of the word of God, there is a program of the future fruit called to make a person perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. He who is apostle John writes, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil, whoever has. And so he came in the seed of the woman, and he will destroy uh, the works of the devil within our body uh, using the words of our mouth. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. The seed of the woman that is represented in Christ and his mighty word is in him, and he cannot sin. He himself has become the seed of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. 1 John 3, 8 through 10. And we will remember that the sacred person is called to be a carrier of the program of God. He does not, this does not mean uh, that he is a man or a woman as a male or female, but has the functions of a male and female. The program of God that is placed into the heart of a redeemed person, the form of the seed of the word of God containing in itself the stronghold of life, is called to, while growing the seed of righteousness in the format of the fruits of righteousness, to form a person into God's image by striking the head of the old of the old man and the ancient serpent. Every redeemed by God person at the time that God allows uh, being grown from the seed of righteousness uh, as the fruit of righteousness died not having received what was promised. And this is for the reason that God uh, so that they can inherit at the time uh, that God will appoint together with those that would come after them. 
And all those having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Hebrews 11, 39 through 40. According to the omnipresence of God, the time uh, or the span, time span of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, although it is linked to the incarnation of the Son of God, began before, far before the incarnation of the Son of God. It began before the creation of the dusts of the universe, before the creation of the universe, so we can understand what incarnation means. It existed and was before the uh, creation of the universe within the entrails of the Father, who has no beginning and has no end, who is out of the span of time and rules over time. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come, Isaiah 63, 4. Uh, pay attention here that before the incarnation of Christ, far before, here it's uh, stating that this has already come. The day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. The day of my or the year of my redeemed is the era of the incarnation of the seed, when the seed struck the serpent in the head, and for them this era of liberty uh, came from sin. In order to inherit the promises that are given to the head of the church because God has given this promise to the head, to Christ, because he is the head of the body. Of Christ. And so what God has promised to Christ, he's promised to all of the body of Christ. We will refresh in our mind one uh, significant thing, important thing, in order to enter into the inheritance of the seed that is given to us in Jesus Christ by God, we need to, by being, we can only inherit it by being a student. According to the uh, words of scripture, a student is the state of the human heart that is in accordance to the demands of uh, of uh, God's demands of being actively humble or a heart that is ready to receive the seed of the woman. This form of humility physically or literally brings forth God's uh, favor and makes a, a heart of a person able to conceive the seed, be conceived or receive the seed of the woman. Luke 146-55 And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. You see how beautiful and how great and wonderful prayer of this girl. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maid servant. She understood the importance of what she's received. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation, and he has shown strength with his arm, and has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly, and he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed 
forever. Luke 146 through 55, she understood <clears throat> the importance of this in such detail, in such, in such depth. This prayer, these words happened when? This wasn't just a prayer. This was a response to the words of Elizabeth, her aunt, when she came into her house. As she already uh, was pregnant, she quickly uh, went to her aunt's uh, house. Uh, Elizabeth was already pregnant uh, and was already six months in, and she didn't know that. Uh, when she came into her house and she greeted her, then first Elizabeth spoke, saying she didn't know yet that who Mary was. She knew that she asked, uh, from where is this that the mother of my Lord has come to me. Who told her about the fact that her mother or her, that, that she was she was she would be the mother of the Lord. She said that as soon as your uh, the voice of your greeting came to my ears, the infant or child in my womb rejoiced. She uh she he probably began to move his feet and his uh, hands. Uh, John, being in the womb of Elizabeth, already uh, met with Christ, as it were, and, and then Mary responded to uh, Elizabeth, saying, My soul magnifies the Lord. Two women, one was already of age, one was very, very young, and that's how they greeted one another. In his time, this very same uh, this very same quality of the humility of the heart was uh, written about in uh, in the book of Peter, First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, your younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. What grace is it referring to here? This is the seed of the woman, because this seed of the woman is the seed of the kingdom. In this seed is the kingdom within the body of a person. <clears throat> so we understand the seed of the woman has the purpose of reigning in a person by the adoption of this, bo of this body, by the redemption of Christ. That's the grace that Apostle Peter was writing about. This is the grace that Mary received. When it comes to uh, listening to the word of God by which we are to enter our inheritance, we need to make a decision every time and literally uh, make ourselves not be critics or inspectors, but be students or be in the state of a student. Almost all people in many churches, and that's how they're taught, that when they come into the church, they prepare themselves not to be students that would listen and attend to the word, but as an inspector, that they will control the one that speaks, whether he speaks correctly or whether he speaks incorrectly. They'll that they are to determine that. And this is not uh, corrected, this is uh, welcomed, and this is a great evil. 
God will never, ever allow the heart of a person to even hear. We talk about this, but we, they won't hear the importance of the seed of the woman if they don't have the state of a student in their heart. They don't have this virgin womb. They came to control. I am checking. What, am I not reading correctly or not reading, uh, or am I perverting the truth that you're checking whether I'm reading it right or not? Did you prepare your heart to listen to the word? If you want for the seed of the woman to fertilize your over your egg, learning always includes the collaborative work of God and man. It contains the collaborative work. God's role is that he, as the giver of the inheritance, puts specific conditions, and we fulfilling these conditions then enter into the inheritance necessary so that we could receive mercy. To enter means to receive the seed of the woman, be conceived by the seed. We enter by being conceived uh, and receive the seed because that's where the inheritance is. That's where the precious promises are that come all to one thing, to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ so that our body would become heavenly, so that in it God can live, so that there would be the stronghold of life. In order to fulfill these conditions, God sends to man his, he his help. This is the truth of the word of, of God, and the carriers of this truth are the delegated of God and the Holy Spirit. The revelation of the word uh, explains how and what time and what way and in what sequence you are to fulfill the one or the other condition. From uh, um, uh, When it comes to man's role, in order to fulfill these conditions, uh, we need to have the ability to receive the seed. We need to be uh, prepared and in the state of receiving the seed. Receiving the word of God and the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit, the means of receiving any kind of help that's every mercy of God is prayer or worship. We can only receive all of this by being warriors in prayer. Prayer is not something uh, separate. This is this, a state, uh, 24 hours a day, a status that's within you and flows into the next day and the next. There's, of course, a time when we actually bend our knees and pray physically, but this does not in interrupt the state of prayer within you, a continual state of prayer inside of you where God communicates with your spirit and your spirit communicates with God, and we continuously in our spirit receive specific revelations from God by hearing the word of God, and continuously we'll have, uh, we start having questions that we want answered and uh, want more understanding. God will turn to our heart, or we will turn to him and hear what he will tell us in response. We more than once have talked about how prayer is the right that a person gives uh, to heaven so that it can interfere in his life or on earth in general. And this gives God the ability uh, to do his work upon his conditions. I will remind us of one prayer of David written 
In the 143rd Psalm, we see the uh, confrontation of the ancient serpent uh, with the woman inside of us. A Psalm of David, Psalm 143, 1 through 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Here it's not talking about the uh, physical enemies of, of, of David, but the enemies in him that have crushed his life to the ground and, he has, and have made him dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. Although David did not live in the time of grace, the New, New Testament, or New Time, he came to the same understanding that we have today. He understood that in our body nothing good lives. And he understood it so much, he uh, experienced it and expressed this. What happened to him was when he understood this. While we don't understand what lives within our body, the one that lives within our body is our helper. He helps us pray, study the word of God, do all kinds of good work. But as soon as we understand that within our body we have something that needs to be eliminated, removed, and if we don't, and if we can't even hear the word of truth, the seed of the word of truth, then this uh, previous friend that prompts us to evangelize, to pray, to do good work, immediately turns into our enemy, and we experience then this horror inside, and we start questioning how is this happening. A person lives 10, 20, 30, 40 years being a Christian person, but until he did not know this truth, nothing was going on. But as soon as he found out uh, terrible things, he started to see, and he was a, became afraid of himself. What is it that's coming out? of him. He can't even control his tongue. Anger and wrath and bad words coming out of him and he feels as if it's killing not those who he speaks to but himself. Him himself. When he's speaking anger against his wife it, it, he feels that it's killing his himself not his wife. If a wife that's if she's a spiritual person she can protect herself from him but he can't protect himself from what he said. And so David says I am in horror of what I see. I spread out my hands to you, my soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. At this time, the spirit begins to become uh, uh, exhausted from what's going on. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. He is within the state of death, in the state of hell. And he says, revive me, 
Make me alive. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. <clears throat> in studying this prayer, in our time, we needed to understand the reason for why David was prompted to pray such a prayer and then turn it into a psalm that would be sung in the tabernacle before the ark of the Lord. And it was sung by a choir accompanied by various instruments. According to this prayer, the reason for why it was spoken by David was a specific uh, enemies that was the seed of the ancient serpent that contained the program of reigning sin that lived within the body of David, that is his old person. And the old person that lived in the body of David was the seed of the serpent. The program of sin and death, the carriers of which is the old person, is the consistency of the nature of the seed of the serpent. And so when he, uh, when the seed uh, revealed itself, then a person begins to come out of the state of spiritual infancy. When you come out, you die for your nation, the house of your father, and for the destructive desires of your soul, and then this seed opens up. And that's when he needed to start to battle and fight. At the same time, the new person living in the heart of David was the seed of the woman. The program of righteousness, of the, the carrier of which is this new person, is the consistency of the seed of the woman. And in order to be heard by God in the given prayer and plea, David needed to uh, demonstrate in his confessions, confess the faith of God or the inner program that con uh, was in his heart or consisted in his heart, which was the seed of the woman. And this program of the seed of the woman and came from the wellspring of God and the Lamb in the first word, we see this in the first or accompanying words, a psalm of David. That's the program of the seed of the woman, a psalm of David. This wasn't just a simple phrase. This uh, uh, shows here demonstrate the organic membership of, of, of your membership to the body of Christ or the Psalm of David was sung by a choir accompanied by many different musical instruments. The word psalm means a choir, uh, a choir uh, or a song sung by a choir accompanied by many different instruments, which are the church, that is every individual person called to fulfill their specific role within the body of the Lord. This is an exclusive role. Every musical instrument has its own uh, sound and uh, various uh, parts, and they can't replace one the other. But they can uh, help or support one the other and create a beautiful uh, harmony and symphony. At the same time, David by himself was a symbol of Christ as he, as his name is beloved by God, which is why the phrase the Psalm of David symbolically can mean the Church of Christ. 
which indicates the fact that all of the processes that happen in this psalm are legit when they happen within the entrails of the church, which is the sovereign territory of the kingdom of heaven on earth. And secondly, that all of these processes are called to form every one of its members into the body or into the image of God. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. The temple is a symbol of the seed of the woman. Why is he worshipping toward the holy temple? Worship needs to happen only before God, but he's saying, I worship toward your holy temple. We worship only before what God worships. You know that God also worships before his word. He became a servant of his word voluntarily, and he likes that. He, became, he placed himself in dependence of his own word. He is vigilant that it be fulfilled, and he worships before it, before his very word. And if God worships before his word, then we also need to worship before his word. And his word is in the body of Christ, in the seed of the woman. And this seed in the situation is the holy temple. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name, Psalm 138, 2. As we more than once have indicated that God worships toward his, uh, uh, worships his word in the temple of the human body, there where the word can be magnified. God, it's written, you have uh, magnified your word. God can't magnify his word out of the temple of our body or even in the temple of our body without our agreement. We need to fulfill specific conditions to give God the proper basis to magnify that word in our body. In order to magnify it is to reveal the consistency uh, that is in the seed of the woman, the crushing power of God. That's why every prayer that a person is called, where a person is called to give God the proper basis to do within us his work can be legit. Every prayer that we pray needs to can be legit only when we are an organic member of the body of Christ. And so any religious organization that, that is not the Church of Jesus Christ or that uh, pretty much combines the teaching of Christ with the teaching of Buddha, Confucius, or any other, or teaching of Muhammad, any other religion in, gen in general is a religion of the Antichrist and is not a legit way to God. In order to give God pro the proper basis to protect us uh, when we confront our enemies so that the battle uh, of the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent begin, it is necessary to be the, uh, of the seed of Abraham or carry the program of the seed of the woman that gives us the legitimate right to turn to the name of God. A person that does not possess this seed, that is not a seed, does not have the legal right to turn to God's name and regard God's name. And such evidence presented by David we see in the 142nd Psalm, Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. Psalm 143.11. Here we conclude that in order to be restored after the 
uh, striking of the old uh, nature that is a bearer of sin and death, it is necessary to possess the right to regard God's name. And this means that we have then we are then uh, legit uh, carriers of his name. There needs to be a specific sign upon our body, upon our soul and our spirit that gives us the right to regard God or regard his name, a specific seal that we often talk about. A person who meditates about the things on high, God puts his seal. He puts his seal upon such a person, seal of righteousness, and such a person then can regard God's name and only a legit uh, document of justification when a person is justified and knows how he knows how he's justified any truth works according to the uh, measure in which you understand it in, and if we uh, speak these things just as phrases but don't understand the meaning uh, of what they do or what they mean, they don't work. Here it's talking about the power and the sign when the seal is already there, when God puts his seal. And when God puts his seal, then this means that a person has received a guarantee to the adoption of their body by the redemption of Christ. And now they always meditate about what they need to do so that when the Lord begins to work and the time of the adoption of our body begins, by the redemption of Christ, he, as the reader, would easily be able to read that written upon our heart. And so a person needs to do something for the seed that they've received. We receive this in the form of a seed so that it can bring its fruits of righteousness so that God, as the reader, can easily read it and fulfill it for us what he has promised because he is vigilant over his word, which he has magnified within our bodies. And so to understand and uh, comprehend this evidence and thrust out our old beginning and, what, and uh, sin and death, it is necessary to study a series of questions. What, in essence, is the right and virtue contained in the name of God? What purpose is regarding God's name called to fulfill in our prayers? What price do we need to pay in order to possess the right to turn or regard the name of God? And by what results do we need to judge that we truly are regarding God's name and not its counterfeit? Answering the first question, what in essence is the right contained in the name of God, we see that the truth contained in the name of God is directly linked to the incarnation of the Son of God, where the Son of God received a new title, the Son of Man. Here we're talking about God's name. This new title gave God the proper grounds to achieve his goal in his people 
on planet Earth, and this was the goal was redeeming their body or adopting their body by the redemption of Christ, by the title, the Son of Man, by the new name of the Son of God that he received when he was incarnated. Before the incarnation, he did not have that title, and he needed to redeem us with this name, the Son of Man, and that's the name we need to regard. By itself, the event of the incarnation of the Son of God in the birth of Christ is so global and all-capturing and all-filling that for a few hundreds of years, the church, although they knew about the date of the incarnation of Christ, not in any way tried to in some way uh, ascribe it to any specific date. <clears throat> Celebrating it, this event in a specific day, it would belittle its significance. As soon as you began to celebrate the birth of Christ in only one day, uh, you belittle the significance of it because it has no beginning or end. It existed in the entrails of the Heavenly Father and then revealed itself in the spoken word of God and then became was incarnated in, uh, in the womb of the Virgin Mary and continues to be in the children of God when they hear this word and receive it in their virgin womb of their heart. Second, the church, every second of every day, lived and breathed this event. If she would have uh, put only a date, uh, if they would have just uh, chose one date, they would be only celebrating in one day. Any event that is... Uh, pretty much fulfilled by God or anything that was done by God that was celebrated in only one day of the year uh, was normal in the period of the Old Testament. All feasts or celebrations did have specific dates. In the New Testament, there is no dates. Any event or celebration putting it, uh, a date on it uh, belittles its significance or importance. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Colossians 2, 16, 17. And so in the Old Testament, uh, they condemned the people because they no longer uh, celebrated uh, the feasts as they were supposed to in the Old Testament. And Apostle Paul writes that may no one uh, judge you uh, uh, and so those things are things of the past and as soon as it became a substance that is in Christ, it no longer exists, these dates, a, a day in which you need to celebrate something. Being a day, we became ourselves, the day and the seed. We became day, you are a light. You are the day of the Lord. And if you're the day of the Lord, now where in this day can you, you are always the day and not one day a year, as if it's some kind of date that needs to be celebrated. All of the Old Testament feasts indicated the accomplishment of the precious promises in the new church, in the incarnation of the Son of God, where he received the title of the Son of Man, which is why this is the reason that 
that the church did not try to celebrate these events as they did in the Old Testament. When we try to celebrate uh, the day of the Pentecost uh, or any other, this is as in the Old Testament. When you try in serving to serving God, try to serve as in the Old Testament, you are not acknowledging then the New Testament and are resisting God in this way. If the church... Uh, as its fallen leaders uh, has narrowed the birth of Jesus Christ as in the Old Testament to one day they have decided to celebrate the birth uh, in one day of the year which God has not commanded the church to do, this, uh, if they do this, that's only part of the problem. As we previously noted, we, because of the fallen leaders of Christianity, the birth of Christ was uh, linked to the birth of Famuza, if you remember, who was a prototype of Antichrist as he was accepted uh, or called the Son of God also at the time. As soon as America was formed, the fathers of America, forefathers, had a law implemented. For every chopped tree and for the celebration of, of, of Christmas, a person was fined and five years of jail because the forefathers understood that this was a cult thing and that the birth of Christ had nothing to do to this date. And especially with the chopping down of a tree that clearly uh, talked about occult things. Those very same fallen leaders uh, pretty much combined the birth of Christ with other fallen religions of the world. Not looking at the fact that, according to Scripture, even now, you can uh, indicate the time of year in which Jesus was born. And as much as we know, according to Scripture, this was not winter, it was spring. And even the new year in Israel began not in the winter when nature is in the state of sleep, which symbolized death and not life, but spring when nature is born and uh, resurrection happens. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Exodus 12, 1 through 3. This first, observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God, for in the month of Abib the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. Deuteronomy 16, 1. The first month of the year of Abib or Nisan, according to the Hebrew calendar and Jewish calendar, it corresponds to about March or beginning of April. The greeting of the archangel Gabriel and Mary and the mother of Jesus, as much as we know, was the sixth month. And if you count uh, from March, this is about the time of August. 
Now, in the sixth month of the in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to the man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Luke 1, 26, 27, sixth month. According to the Jewish calendar, this is Elul. It's about corresponding the month of August. In August, the angel Gabriel came and told her, and in August she conceived. And so if you look at the calendar, it's here also posted that the first month is March in the Jewish calendar. So the sixth is August, March, April, May, June, July, August. Sixth month is August. And it's interesting that in our uh, Slavic, uh, the names, uh, the month of the months, are named after gods and different gods. In all languages, they're just as if first, second, third, fourth month. But in the Slavic, it's all uh, taken from or derived from gods, uh, names of gods. And so, if in August she Oh, conceived, let's uh, count nine months. August was the first month. So August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. And so we fall. Uh, April is the, the ninth month after, uh, if you count down from August. And that theologians, uh, are they not able to con conclude this? Aren't they not able to see this? They can easily read that in the Jewish calendar what month it was, what was the first month, and count it as I just did right here, and clearly you can see in what month Jesus was born. What month did the incarnation take place? In springtime, when the earth is wakened from sleep. According to this, the birth of Jesus Christ happened in spring, about the time uh, of the end of April or beginning of May, because they had a lunar calendar where there was, uh, we're talking about moons. And so, further we state here that before Jesus received his name Jesus, he was Yahweh, or one that is, or I am. Then they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning, John 8, 25. In the beginning, he was, I am. Today, we say Jehovah, but this is not the right uh, this is not the correct uh, way of stating Yahweh. The priests were afraid to state the name Yahweh and replaced it with the name Adonai, Master, so that they, because it says, do not speak the name of your God in vain, for the Lord God will not leave anyone unpunished who speaks the, Lord, uh, the name of the Lord God in vain. And so they... Uh, instead of saying Yahweh, they would say Adonai. The name of God, Adonai, applies to both man and God. It means master or Lord, but as soon as it applies, when it's regarding man, it's written differently. When it's regarding God, it is written differently, but it's, uh, the same, it's the same word. 
And so it was, again, difficult to read the name uh, of God. And so the, as Gentiles, they had decided that it's Jehovah. But it's actually Yahweh. It, there is no Jehovah that existed. This is the incorrect pronunciation of God's name, Yahweh, one that is, or this was the name of Jesus from the beginning. I am. And so I am, or one that is, is the heavenly name of Jesus Christ, that he, through the span of all of the Bible, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, he revealed himself, and this name, and to Moses, it has a very uh, large amount of definitions, and I'll bring only some of them so that we understand. I am, or one that is, are identical and mean Yahweh, Lamb, the Lord, Adonai, Creator, Almighty, Ruler, Governor, Lord, Owner, Boss, King, Master, Commander, a Monarch without boundaries, the Most High, Eternal, Unchanging, Continual, faithful of one that is faithful in Israel, one who sees all things, one who knows all things, one that hears all things, husband, spouse, one that is a provider, shepherd, and this is not the fullest of definitions. In order to understand the essence of the name of God correctly, we note that everything that God has done from the beginning, what is the visible universe and invisible, God has done all for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Secondly, God has created all by him, by his son, Jesus Christ. Third, God created everything through him and God created for everything for his sake. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Romans 11.36 <clears throat> and so all the names and titles of God are under the name Jesus. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that as the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And so before the incarnation and the entrails of the Father, Jesus, possessed a different name that God, until his incarnation, it was his personified word. <clears throat> the name was his personified word. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your names. Psalm 132. And so the seed contains the crushing power of God or the program of the kingdom of heaven, a program that when the seed is uh, revealed, it makes a person just as God is. Every one of us, when we're grown into full measure of growth in Christ, we become a twin of Christ, so you can't differentiate the one from the other. When 
you have one ovary and there's identical uh, twins as you know what happens they come from one ovary one egg and they uh, the and they look identical to one the other and no matter where they are on the earth they feel that connection although they don't know anything about one another they always sense as if there's a connection when one feels bad the other feels bad when one dies the other dies it's interesting that these uh, Identical twins, they're so connected to one another. To destroy this link is only possible by death of the Lord. Because twins in the physical world link us to our the house of our father when a person dies for the house of his father, he dies as a neighbor or, or as a twin to his twin. He no longer is uh, in the same situation or same state. The men of study, of course, can't prove this or know this, but we know this and can prove that. Specifically, this thought is noted by Apostle John beginning his gospel about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and things were made through him, all things, and without him nothing was made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, And this was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. And so as soon as you begin uh, to grow in this in this situ in this uh in this way, in this manner, you begin to look by look like God, and the angels uh, begin to see how God sees in you, and they wait for then. Uh, uh, the children begin to wait uh, with great eagerness to have their bodies adopted by the redemption of Christ. From this testimony, we see that Apostle John. Uh, combined his heavenly name, the Son of God, with his uh, name on earth. And so, rejecting the heavenly title uh, from the earthly title is something that is uh, a lawless work and cannot be done. The name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are identical, as all of them, all of these, exist in one the other and are within the name of the Heavenly Father. The Word as the Son are in the entrails of the Father and is revealed from His entrails by the work of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 2 through 11, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And where I go to you, uh, where I go, 
You know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father. Do you not believe that I am the Father? I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father dwelt in me, does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. John 14, 2 through 11. Furthermore, in order to not compare the title of the Son of Man with other uh, with other men or compare the son of the title of the son of man with other men they uh, in other in many uh, Bible colleges and other places they say the son of God was the same as any other man he received a body as we did he was incarnated but he and not to compare the title of the son of man with the rest of with all rest, the rest of men, we need to keep in mind in what way the Son of God as the Son of Man uh, is different from other men. First, the Son of, of Man, in essence, is different in his beginning or his genesis. And he said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world, John 8, 23. And so his ge genesis, his beginning was from there, and the son of man from this we conclude that the son of man unlike all other men was that seed of the woman that is called to strike the ancient serpent in the head and so all men that come from the seed of man the son of God came from the seed of the woman secondly the seed of the <clears throat> the son of man was different from other men that he was the creator of men at the same time all other men are the creation of his work big difference so that we understand all through him and without him nothing was made that was made all, uh, John 1 3 I want theologians to hear this who teach in their colleges that he was no different than other men you are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are you are men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 34, 31. Third, unlike other men, the Son of Man did not commit any sin, and there was no deception in his mouth. First Peter 2, 22 through 23, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was re uh, reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. First Peter 2, 22-23. I remember the uh, incident when being on a ship Napoleon 
Napoleon was on a ship uh, on the ocean and they were telling him, Napoleon, that Jesus was just a man and he looked at them with disdain and told them Jesus could not be man. I know men. He cannot just be another man. I know men. Imagine for yourself that this far-from-God person, Emperor Napoleon, understood who Jesus was. I know men. Men do not die as Jesus died. There's not another person on the earth that would have di that died as Jesus died. The greatness that was in his death, there's not a person when all nature accompanied his death. You know, at the time of the de death of the Son of God, there was an earthquake all, of the face of, all over the face of the world, and such a strong earthquake that all the stones split on the mountains, and there was an, uh, the entire, the sun went dark. He was crucified during the day, and suddenly the sun went completely dark and a strong earthquake. And upon the Mount of Olives at this time was the Passover feast. That's when they would slaughter the lamb. And suddenly this earthquake and complete darkness, this Passover feast was interrupted because... The true Passover lamb was dying, and this was also in the springtime. Fourth, not a single person uh, possesses the food that is for eternal life. He who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field of the world, the good seed, and the son of the kingdom. And so no one has offered the food that would be able to give eternal life except for the Son of Man. People try to be uh, younger or try to stay younger by food and they can't find it. But Jesus says the words that I gave you are the our life. Fifth, the Son of Man, unlike other men, are the, is the king that rules. The field and the world, the good seed, are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sows them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age, and of the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. I will cast him into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, when the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, he who has an ear, let him hear, Matthew 13, 37 through 43. The Son of Man, unlike other men, has the power to reward each one according to their work. Not a single other person that is born 
from the seed of the man is able to do this. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father and with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his work. Matthew 16:27. Here he uses his title as the Son of Man. Seventh, not a single person went to heaven, but only the one who is the Son of God. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who has come down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. John 3:13. This differentiates uh, him from other men. God is not man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will not do, or has he spoken and does not make it good? Numbers 23:19. Summing up the essence of the name of the Lord, we came to the conclusion that man that does not see the title title of Jesus, Yahweh, and I am, and see all these together, is not able to uh, regard God or regard his name and only see Jesus linked together with the name of Yahweh. Such a person who does not see these things is not able to have the right to turn to the Lord. Назначение в наших молитвах, которое призвано выполнять обращение к имени Бога и так далее. Our time uh, for today is up, and we have uh, other questions that I had, but I think for today we will finish. Uh, we will bend our knees and pray, and may the Lord bless us in this prayer and all those who desire to resist the seed of the serpent in their bodies, the crushing seed of the woman that is also within your new person. I ask you, and with it, destroy these things. I will ask you to come out here so God can perform the great victory that's in you and deliver you from the corrupt desires that are in your body, free you from the sinful conduct and life passed down to you from your father so he can erect the stronghold of eternal life in your body. Amen. Let us pray. Каждый из вас, склонив голову перед Богом, должен понимать, если вы приняли обетование, относящееся к преддверию вашей надежды, вы приняли семя жены. И поэтому вы уже должны иметь упование на Бога. And so, the, uh, all of us bowing our head before the Lord in humility, if you have received the stronghold of life into your body and the adoption of your body by the redemption of Christ, we need to be calm as how God will do this. Our goal is to confess with our mouth what is within our heart. If your goal is if you've sinned, you need to acknowledge that sin, confess it, and return to your uh, previous state. Lift your hands to the Lord, close your eyes, lift your hands that are without doubt or anger. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you. I open my heart. You see my pain. You see the wounds that are inflicted by sin. You see my shame. Not looking at the fact that I have within myself this precious promise in the seed of the woman 
the enemy continues to mock me and to hold me in captivity. I ask you, lead my soul out of trouble. Make me alive so that I can glorify you. Restore within my body your stronghold. I believe in this. I confess this. This is my lot. This is my calling. I thank you that I have accepted this. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that according to your word, I am washed. I am cleansed. I am healed. I am restored. I am justified. And I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May all these blessings come upon you and your children and be fulfilled upon you, and the nation shall say, Amen. Blessed is our Lord, who tramples upon the ancient serpent and striking him in the head in our bodies. Finishing our service, let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.